Hey everyone, just before we get started here, I wanted to let you know that for the month of October, that's just like for the next couple weeks here, anybody who is part of my Patreon from Hype Kage Class Up, that's $20 a month, is going to be able to get access to four digital books, three of which I've released at other times, but one of them is brand new. It's a book on Habakkuk called Finding God When You Feel Forgotten, and it's exclusive to Patreon. So if you're interested in seeing a new book, if you're interested in getting a bunch of new eBooks, including Art of the Christian Ninja, The Foundations, Letters from Jesus, now's a great time to join Patreon. I could really use your help, and you guys know that I'm doing this on my own, so thank you for everybody who's part of it. And thank you to anybody who shares what I'm up to here, because I couldn't do it without you. I really appreciate you. All right, let's get on with it. What up? How you doing today? I'm Al Deschino, known online as Christian Ninja. I'm a full-time variety Twitch streamer and online missionary using everything from silly pictures to Bible studies to video games and everything else I can think of to connect with, mentor, love, and serve the online gaming and streaming community, especially the lost, lonely, and disenfranchised who are online every day looking for a positive, open, encouraging, and meaningful online connection. Welcome to XN Shadowed, an audio version of some of the best parts of my weekly streams and YouTube videos. I hope you find this helpful and interesting, and I hope even more that it inspires you to join the discussion sometime during one of my live streams. I hope you have a great day, and here's today's clip. If you hit exclamation point VOD or exclamation point Devo, you'll get the uh, verse of the day. And uh, it's, it's a good one today. I really like, I love it when we're in, in first Corinthians in the middle there, especially chapter 12, because it's such a, uh, a critical thing for us to remember. You talk about dependence on, <clears throat> on God. Well, this is kind of similar to that, except for it's dependence on, on others. And so first Corinthians 12, 26 says, uh, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. That kind of became our our unofficial taco taco network verse because it might even become the official one because that is the whole premise of the creator network is that is that it's more than just a creator. I'm on my own and I want your help. It's we're mutually dependent on each other. We're we're interdependent. When you if, if we work together, I'm putting risk into the fact that if you fail, I fail with you. If you succeed, I succeed with you. We together are working on projects that we're trying to make great. And if we, if it's great, we're not. And on top of that is meant to be interpersonal. Like we have a creator liaison whose job it is to connect with individual creators and go, how are you doing on a personal level? How are you doing on a heart level? How are you doing on a, uh, with your content? How are you doing with your, with your, you know, your, response that you're feeling, what's going on inside, because it's not just a matter of, you know, putting things out there. There's so much going on in here. And that's part of what we're, we're talking about today in, in the, in the chapter. I kind of want to go all the way up, like legit. I want to go all the way up to, let me, let me read. Why don't we read some of this? And then we'll get to verse 26. Cause I think the context of it is really important. All right. So let's just, for just as the body is one and has many members, so all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. So we're, this is a big part of an argument. This is a whole section of 1 Corinthians. Essentially, Paul telling Christians, listen, you're not on your own. You aren't supposed to be on your own. And just because you're a Roman or a Greek or a, a Jew or whatever you are, when 
when you became a Christian, you became part of a much bigger family, right? The idea of, of racism or classism or, or whatever ism is it's gone because you were grafted together into Christ. You were now part of one big body, whether it be rich or poor, or whether it be, um, you know, Gentile for a life or Jewish person for life, or whether it be from whatever country, whatever nation, you're now a part of one body. Jesus is the head. For it says, you know, we're one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, we're all made to drink of one spirit. Which is a metaphor simply to say, we were all saved by the same person, and we're all connected to the same God. Which is weird, if you look at that, right? Slaves are free, isn't that wild? The idea that in in a society you have people that are are in slavery, in economic slavery to another person, and they can both be Christians. In fact, one of the weird things that could happen was that this person who was a, a slave could go to church. Now they're the elder of this person who, you know, their, their, their master at home is now their, uh, is now someone who's supposed to be looking towards them for wisdom. Like it, everything went all totally weird when it came to the church. And so they had to kind of navigate through this. Especially considering so much of it was, there was very much sexism like crazy. You know, women had no value. Women were for, you know, were, were meant to be temple priestesses and whatever used for whatever reason. Women, you know, were couldn't own businesses. Women were, you know, like there's all kinds of sexism. You know, uh, barbarians or people from from Crete or whatever, you know, that's why you get the word Cretan, that, you know, they're, they're not worth anything. They're too dumb. They're, they're too violent. Obviously they shouldn't be hanging out with Romans. God can't possibly love them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all these people are brought together, smushed together. And they're told you are now family, which is such a big deal. Okay. Um, let me just kind of fast forward to where we, where we were at and, to verse 26 here, which says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member honored, all rejoice together. I, I, I just wanted to point that out and pause for a second to simply say that you need other people. Um, one of the downsides of being, uh, online, one of the downsides of being part of a, of a, an online community is that it's something that is optional. It's something that is that you can check in when you feel like it. You can go there when you want to. If you feel crappy, nobody can reach out and go to your house. Nobody can can come and, and knock on your door. Nobody can call you on the phone. Outs, you have to check in. You put your phone away. Or you <coughs> you like uh, don't check in on Discord or you don't go to the stream or whatever. Then nobody can find you because you're anonymous. That's one of the downsides of online community. However. One of the plus sides is that the community is so much bigger. You get such a bigger place to draw from the entire globe, right? You can have people that you'd be like, nobody in my town understands me. Nobody in my church understands me. I can't talk to anybody, but there's this dude in, you know, India. There's this dude in Australia. There's this lady in, you know, Los Angeles and boy, do they get me. <laughs> they, they, they really get me. And so I have this relationship online with these people. So. If you are suffering, if you are going through a bad time, please consider the fact that you're meant to bring that suffering, bring that issue 
to other people, as people in the church, people in in Christian realm, to people like me, to people like those who are on the Discord, people who are in Christian, you know, like channels, people who are in your small group, your pastor in your hometown, whatever your your relationship is, one of the things you're supposed to do is not only bear the burdens of other people, but share your burdens with others. How can they suffer with you if you don't open up your heart and say, I'm having a hard time, this is my area. Because one of the commands that God gives us is that if we see someone suffering, we as Christians should be motivated, our heart should go out to that person. One of the downsides of sort of American or North American or, or Western mindset is that we think that everything should be done privately. Our our exploits, our good things should be shared on the internet and everybody should see and, and pat us on the back, but all of our suffering should be private because nobody will understand and, and, and everyone will mock us and there you will get, you know, we'll get trolled and, and people will get hurt. You can't trust authority. You can't trust anybody. And so all the suffering stays, stays inside and all the, you know, the exploits go out. But may I suggest that if you can find a group of people that love you, that love Jesus, that, that are, that are compassionate, and you can find a group that's willing to open their heart and say, I'm going through a bad time. I'm confused. I have doubts. I have fears. I have lack. I have, you know, like I'm really angry all the time and I don't know why I'm lusting like crazy and I can't stop. I'm spending so much money on stuff that I can't afford and it's killing me. If you can find a group of people willing to do that, you will get better. Your heart will heal. Your, your habits will change because you take that sin out of the dark and you show it into the light and somehow it starts to shrink and shrivel. It's when it's by yourself privately that it really seems to grow out of control. The problem is you have to be one of the people who is willing to share first, willing to open up your heart, take the risk to share, to say, I'm struggling with this. I'm hurting here. I'm broken in this way. I'm lost in this way. And yeah, I know I'm a Christian and yeah, I know I'm a, I'm supposed to be, you know, a victorious in junk, but I don't feel very victorious. And this is why. Take the risk to share those big sufferings in your life with others. We have on like for our discord, we have like a grief share area. We have a, a prayer request area. We have a, um, we have places on the discord and, and, in private groups where we open our hearts to one another. Get in the habit of doing that. If you're suffering, if you're going through a hard time, don't go through it alone. Go and find somewhere, some way, someone that you can share it with because then it removes the power. It, it deflates the issue a whole lot. And then the other side of it is rejoicing together. If, if someone comes to you <coughs> and they are elated or they're happy with something that happened, sometimes the challenge is you start to feel jealous or you feel competitive or you feel like you need to, you know, take them down a peg because they're too high or you feel like dismissing them because they're quote unquote bragging. Well, here's the other side of this. If, if, if someone is honored, we should be excited for them. I was talking to somebody on Twitter today. If you go to my Twitter feed, you'll see the conversation. And it was basically us kind of moaning about the fact that we... We really wish that our shorts would take off. I wish that I could grow better on TikTok. I wish that, you know, I could go live and, and because I have a thousand followers on TikTok, but I can't seem to grow at all. And this guy's, yeah, it's so, he, he started it. He's like, it's so frustrating that 
I did all this work and then I lost the file and people aren't watching what I thought, what I think is cool. And we're kind of m misery with each other. He shared, he's like, yeah, but my shorts look pretty cool. And he shared that he shared his number with me and it's 10 times higher than mine. And my, you know, the, the instinct kind of splits both ways. One is to go, <clears throat> what's he doing that I'm not doing? How come he's basically got the same amount as me, but he's getting more success. Maybe he's doing, you know, like to, but the other side of it, and you know, because I'm a bit more mature now, I hope is to say, you know what? Good for you. I'm really excited for you. I'm so glad that God's using you in that way. Can I rejoice with that person? May I suggest that if you do have a victory, share it with others so we can rejoice with you. And if other people share something great that's happening, do the work to say, I'm so proud of you. Good job. You're wonderful. Don't make it about you. Don't say like, like, yeah, I wish I could do that. Just say, I think it's great. I think you're awesome. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Lizzie. You know, do, do the work of rejoicing with that person, even though it's hard. And even though sometimes you feel like you, you deserve more, if you can push out that rejoicing, push out that joy, push out that appreciation, you'll learn that your love for that person and your love for rejoicing with others starts to make you feel pretty good too. Because now it's less about you and suddenly you're happy because others are happy. Not simply because you, you, you're getting victories, but you're happy that others are. And now all your little victories and stuff that you get are huge. Yeah, rejoice with those who rejoice. Exactly. That's the idea. Um, Asgard says, uh, being able to find a group online or in person where you can honestly open up with people who can be real with you and know they aren't going to judge you is so amazing. You can really connect to that environment. Yeah, it's hard to do though. Like, I am one who... <coughs> I'm one who... Who is willing to share overshare more than more than others simply because I believe that it gives you permission to share. So, but there have been times that shot me in the foot. I have I've gotten in trouble as a pastor, as a, you know, I've been at the church for 6 years. I'm pastor of the church. They know who I am. They and because I shared something that shouldn't be shared by a pastor or, you know, like someone perceived as no no Christian should ever admit that that happened they get, they, they took it out of context and, or they didn't even, they just kind of, they were mad about the fact that I had, I was struggling in that way. So yeah, it's risky. It's risky sometimes, but I still think that the, the benefits outweigh the, the bad stuff if you're willing to open your heart. So if you want, come join the discord, come hang out and share your heart. If you want to just talk to me, you know, let's just become my friend on discord and we'll chat. We can VC, we can, we can do whatever I want to be there for you. Or if you have a pastor at home or you have a church at home, you have a small group at home, do yourself the favor of, of saying, I'm going to invest. I'm going to, I've just decided I'm going to go share with somebody. I'm going to find somebody and I'm going to say, listen, this is my issue. These are my issues. This is what's going on in my heart. Uh, I don't expect you to solve everything. I just, I need you to know so that you can suffer with me. And, and that's, that's what I'll, all I need right now. You will be so shocked, shocked at how Def deflated that giant issue becomes suddenly that thing that was in your life that was like becoming everything to you suddenly looks so much smaller because you verbalized it to someone else i promise you that's how it'll work actually i got something really fun not fun i got something that we can do here check check this out
Question of the day. Let's hear a couple uh, like success stories of uh, just answering the question. When when was the time someone suffered with you? Tell us about a time where you actually opened up your heart and someone they didn't try to solve your problems. They didn't try to fix you. They just suffered with you. Jones says, "I think now with my men's group. Okay, so you, yeah, you open. That's tough. A lot of men." aren't good at opening up and a lot of men aren't good at sharing what's actually happening. <coughs> My experience with men groups, men's group is that they will, they'll share like the top 15%. Like if you can get to 15%, you really feel like you're intimate with that group. But when it comes to actually like, I don't know, like, um, like getting to the real stuff, like for example, for example, there, I've been part of groups where they were together for a long time and they were meeting together and they were, you know, talking about, you know, how, you know, porn is a struggle, money's a struggle, marriage is a struggle, girls are a struggle, um, um, alcohol is a struggle, smoking is a struggle, swearing is a struggle, you know, did like stuff that's like, like here, it's fine. Uh, but then we did a series on, uh, I think it was called, what was it called? It was a, it was a John... Wow, it was a long time ago. Anyway, it was one of the series. Essentially, it got into family of origin stuff, relationship with the fa with your father, like your actual father, and the things that can happen in your life if you got a messed up relationship with your father. We did like a six week, eight week video series, and all of a sudden, the dudes who were there, one of them broke, and he's like, "That was me. That is me. I am so." you know, messed up with my relationship with my dad and it messes up my relationship with my kids. And, and, and it's something that I know has been wrong for a really long time. And he's like, it's just, it, I, and he just, just dumped it all out. And then all of a sudden guy, there were like two or three other guys that were like, yeah, me too. And they never would have opened their hearts to, to talk about how, how difficult it is with their relationship with their dad and how messed up their family life is because of it. Uh, if all left on their own, it required that, that prompting and one brave person to open up their mouth. Suffered with, uh, when Miss Jellybeans tells me she misses my dog who was on my stream passed away in January. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Especially when it's long term, right? If someone remembers that stuff more than just you know, like that week, more than just the next week, but actually can, uh, that brings it up later and aren't, isn't afraid to do so. That's such a, that's really cool. Just this week, I discovered one of our retired pastors in the church passed away. He was 97, but he was still preaching through sitting down. I used to fetch him a drink and some biscuits in the church coffee bar. He always had a big smile. So appreciative. So many other people in the church have been sharing their stories of him. That's 97, dude. That's a long time. And he was still preaching. That's crazy. That's so they used to call, uh, I knew pastors that used to call that dying with your boots on. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty, that's rad. That's, that's a, that's a life well lived if, if, you know, you don't know everything about the guy, but at the same time, the, if the, at the end of their life, positive stories are all still coming out, that's great. Cause you think of what happened with Rabbi Zacharias and you're like, wow, he's such a cool guy. He's such a good apologist. He's got so many good books. Wow. He's so great. And you find out at the end of his life that he was like a freaking horrible monster, terrible dude. And you're like, wow, that sucks. You know, you, this person had a great reputation. Turns out they're a horrible person. 
So Bill Cosby was like that to me. I grew up watching Bill Cosby. I grew up with, like, I had his albums. I listened to him almost nightly for, like, basically my whole teenage life. I just, I'd play his records. I'd listen to the tape or whatever. And uh, it was kind of like the, the the sound track of my of my growing up. And then, you know, later in life, you find out he's this horrible, horrible, horrible man who's an absolute hypocrite. And you just kind of, that sucks. So to find a guy who lives 97 years and then has a good reputation after, that's that's exceptional. I love that. Finally, Edgar says, uh, first day I joined this men group, one guy shared that he was about to be sent to jail. Another guy talked about his experience with that. Grace, encouragement, and prayer helped him and didn't bash him. See, that's cool. Because there are some dudes who will want the dirt. You know what I mean? Like, actually, I'm going to jail. Oh, what'd you do? Tell me the stuff. What's going on? Give me the dirt. As opposed to, as opposed to go, that's really hard. You know, that seems like, you know. I, I just want to support you in that. There's so many people that just want the dirt. It's so frustrating. I experienced that when with uh, with my son. I experienced that with my, you know, I've got family members going through mental illness stuff. And like, sometimes you can just tell that person, even if they're a believer, the only way they know how to care is that they just want, they just want the gossip. And it just, it's, I don't want to, I can't tell you, I don't want to tell you. And the only time you ever ask is when you want the dirt. You never come around and, and like support me. You just want the story. And it's so makes me it makes me frustrated, which I'm sure you experience as well. Lightgate says Amadeus's diagnosis. Many suffered with us and at times still do. Uh, there's not much new stuff for me, although of course there are other things going on in our lives, not many this intense. And yeah. I mean that's that, that's Right. That's not a bad thing. Like you, you have all this big giant thing and it's going for a long time. I, you know, I know that, that feeling where you have this giant crisis, this huge issue, big explosion. And then it just like the fallout, it's like radioactive fallout for three years. And, and you know, I've had people are like, are you still, you're still going through that? Like, wasn't that two years ago? And I'm like, yeah, it didn't go away. <laughs> like, no, it didn't go away. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Suddenly everything was going to get better three, three weeks later. Like, no, it didn't work that way. And it was, uh, to, so to have people come by and kind of go, yeah, I, I sympathize. We, we sat down with a, a couple that literally went out of their way. We didn't know them at all. They went out of their way to invite us over to just talk to us about, you know, like we we're going through something similar. We went through something similar and we're not going to sit here and try to solve your problem. We're not going to sit here and tell you it's going to work out. Uh, we just want to tell you, we know it's hard. That was the whole message, you know, and it gave us permission to go, okay, good. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be miserable. It's supposed to be difficult. And and there are people out there who don't have the answers, even though they want to blame themselves. They, it's not their fault, right? It's it. It was great just to hear, yeah, that sucks. It sucked for us too. And that's it. Are they horrible people or sinners who gave into temptation? Uh, who do you mean? Like, Ravi? Because <clears throat> one of the, the things that, that, that God hates a lot and that people hate too as a consequence is hypocrisy. Showing yourself to be one thing, but actually being another. Saying that you, you believe one thing, but actually doing another. You know, so this guy was married and yet cheating. This guy was saying he cares about young people and, and college students while abusing them. He was, you know, talking about, you know, salvation and the importance of knowing God and, and humility and blah, blah, blah. Trying to share the, share the gospel with people while 
harming people in Jesus's name. Like this is a guy, you know, talk about the, you know, one of the commandments being don't take the Lord's name in vain. One of the things he was doing was using his position as a pastor, as a minister and the name of Jesus to manipulate girls and women into doing horrible things with him. That's, that's demonic. That's demonic. That's not just, oops, he got tempted. That was willful, hypocritical, demonic activity. And I, and it, it, it should be hated. Like, it feels like a broken record. I mean, we all do. You're not alone. Like, yeah, life is like a record player for a lot of us. Like, honestly, the suffering doesn't go away. See, we're so used to watching TV. Uh, yeah, Ravi and Bill Cosby were both horrible people. They turned out to be horrible, hypocritical, miserable people who preached the, said the exact opposite to what they were doing. That's horrible and hateful and terrible. Um... But yeah, so, I mean, talk about, you know, we're so used to watching sitcoms and, and movies and videos and shows and whatever that in half an hour you go from there's a problem to here's the, solu the solution and it's just, it, we're so used to it that it, we feel guilty for having a problem for more than two days, for more than three days and we end up and because so many of us are going through so many difficult things and we don't have compassion and we don't have training in how to talk to people, we don't have the uh, intimacy with others, we tend to feel guilty sharing and other people don't have the capacity to, to walk with us. You probably experienced that. Like you're going through a tough time, you share with people, they go, oh, that sucks. And then like a week later, they're like, aren't you over that yet? Like all the casseroles stop coming and all the calls stop coming and all the, the questions stop coming. And if you keep going through the misery for any period of time, suddenly the, some of the people, not all, some of the people actually look at you and go, your misery is making me sad, get lost, <laughs> which I have experienced and it sucks. But I just think we're not practiced at it. Like, honestly, we're just not practiced at it because many people go through miserable stuff for a long time and would love it if we could walk with them. Lizzie says, thank you. This is what I needed to hear today to share our suffering with others and trying to find someone to open our hearts with. We, and we do. And I think we all kind of know that because we've been told it a million times. But put it this way. When you're, say you're, if you're sinning or if you're suffering, which you know, is in, like it's your fault because you're miserable or it's someone else's fault because you're miserable. The, <coughs> or it's just, you know, life makes you miserable, whatever. It grows in your heart. You literally, as you think about it and as you dwell on it and as it, you process it, as you try to find solutions that aren't working, it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And this monster inside of you becomes so imposing. And what you don't realize, it's kind of it's kind of like a shadow as the sun goes down when you get the big, big shadow. The thing's still small. The thing doesn't change size, but it looks so much bigger because you're looking at the shadow. If you cast light on that thing, as in you bring it out of the dark, you share it with a person, you talk to God in prayer, you you open up your heart to a counselor, you you just kind of just post about it online and being like, you know what, I'm actually going through a tough time right now. Uh, maybe some of you don't understand, but this is what's happening. And then suddenly you let it out and that light shows you a better picture, a better understanding of how big the problem is. And suddenly it looks a lot smaller and it can be a giant problem, you know, like divorce, cancer, death, um, you know, abuse, misery, all that, all kinds of horrible stuff that's really big. But as soon as you open it up, you realize there are people out there like they have faced it as well. They have become, they've gone through it and they know how to deal with it. They can help resource you. They can, they, you can be bouncing around trying to find solutions for like a 
forever and not find them. And they're like, actually, I've got like three things that can help you, or I will walk with you, or I will sit with you, or they'll, them just saying, yeah, that sucks, gives you permission to cry. But it doesn't happen until you open up your heart and open up your mouth to share. Pops Racer said, the action should be hated. That's a horrible part. But as a human created an image of God, I'm not convinced that they're horrible people. Um... I kind I guess I see Pops Racer what you mean, but at the same time, you you know a, a a person by their actions. You know a tree by their fruit. You you know the Jesus saying that that figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes, right? The the idea is that there are some people out there that are hypocrites, that are wolves in sheep's clothing, that are that are people who who work for Team Satan, who look like angel people of light, but they're actually children of darkness. Like we're told about this consistently throughout scripture. And to call a spade a spade isn't sin. It isn't cruel. To say this person was a liar, this person was a was someone who who was actively manipulating people and then showing a different face to 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 the world. He knew how to play the game. He knew how to talk to talk sometimes but when it came to who he really was, he was a wolf. He used the online platform. He used the his books. He used the apologetic world to get power to abuse people. He used the gospel as a channel for abuse. That's horrible, right? If if he was someone who, you know, he struggled with with sexual sin and you kind of go, okay, that sucks. He struggled with sexual sin and he did horrible stuff. You're going to go, well, he's a horrible, you know, he's a sinner who struggled with sinful stuff and he's, he never got over it and he never tried to with it. And you kind of go, okay, this person was, you know, you can kind of maybe, I don't know, be like, he was always like that. And maybe he went through some bad stuff. I don't know. But this guy knew better. He knew better. Both of them knew better. My problems aren't going away anytime soon. Well, they're not supposed to go away. People are supposed to walk with you in them, Right. The, the the fallacy of believing that if I share my problems that I'm, I'm owed a solution is not true. Sharing your problems does not mean you're going to get a solution. Sharing your problems means you're going to get people to walk with you, bearing each other's burdens. It's too heavy for you, but like four or five people can bear it with you. doesn't mean it's going to solve it. Lizzie says, this is exactly how I feel, so I just don't share it with anyone at all. And I, I struggle with it too, because I've, I've been beat up and I've been abused by people who I've shared my heart with, but I've learned that if I keep it inside, if I just pretend all the time, that it eats me away like cancer. It chews me up and spits me out from the inside. It's like having a monster inside of me. And so therefore it's better to risk it and to share than it is to tr keep it on the inside in fear. Because all that does is give, give the enemy a foothold to mess with me. It makes me tired. It makes me anxious. It makes me angry. It makes me makes everything I do poisoned a little bit because I'm not willing to take it out. It's critical. <coughs> Graphic says, uh, the hard part as a leader is you know that you know that and would easily share it with others, but it's hard to apply to ourselves. We all need help when it's not bad. Uh, a leader needs help too. Well, and the problem with that is, is you got to find the right group, right? So you, I, I don't, I believe as a pastor that that you shouldn't be dumping all your problems onto onto your congregation. They they can't they can't. Chances are the problems you're going through are bigger than they can handle. That's why Galatians 6.1 talks about you who are spiritual, if you have a, you know, you go out and rescue. The idea is there are people, there are different levels of suffering and different levels of, of 
solutions and maturity. You can't take a, a real big problem and dump it on somebody who doesn't have the maturity for it. So find somebody that you can. And it's harder for for people who are who are pastors and ministers and whatnot because um, the pool we can pull from is so small. It took me 10 years to find a mentor. 10 years to find a mentor. Just a question, says Pineapple. If you share with someone, you are kind of giving out your emotions and difficulty and they're taking them in. Sometimes that person can reach saturation point themselves and so you stop sharing. That's a decision you made on their behalf. Okay, Pineapple? You, it, often we will make a decision on behalf of the other person that we should not burden them. I, I can't tell you how often that is a lie to yourself so that you don't share. That you can tell yourself, I'm a burden to them, therefore I'll keep it secret. I'm a burden to others, therefore I won't ask for help. I'm a problem, and if I give too, my problems to too many people, I'm hurting them, therefore I must keep them to myself. That, to me, is a lie that we tell ourselves. That's a lie the enemy tells us to keep us from sharing. If that person, and there are people who take on too much, there are people who 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 feel like they can save the world through their immaturity. They're like, I can, I'm better than Jesus, and I can save more people. But more often than not, that thought of I don't need, I'm not going to tell anybody whatever this is, or I'm not going to tell that person more because it's too much. Some, let's say, fifty percent of the time, it's us being afraid to share and making them the excuse. I would say. Share with them, <clears throat> but, and if you feel like that, give them the permission. Say, listen, I'm going to share a lot. I'm going to, like, I'm going to open my heart and I've got a lot going on. If it's too much for you or, or whatever, just say so. You know, I, 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 I don't want to burden you, overburden you, hurt you with, with whatever. I'm not looking to you for solutions. I'm not looking to you for money. I don't want you to, to fix all my problems. I just want to open my heart. Uh, so just recognize, recognize that like, and I've, you know, I've, I've warned people, I've had people say, you know, what's going on, man, you're really going through some tough stuff. And I've gone, if I tell you, you're going to know some stuff that's really, really difficult. Are you sure you want to know? Because it's, it's some pretty insane things. And I've had people go, actually, no. <laughs> It's, it sounds like it's something that you should keep between you and your family or whatever. <clears throat> and I have people who, who've said, sure, of course I want to know. I love you. And then I dump the whole truck and they just kind of go, wow, I had no idea. But they don't try to solve the problem. They just like, well, I'll have more compassion on you from now on. And that's good. Uh, which is better, find someone who you can share with and who shares back. Uh, I mean, it depends, right? It depends on the, on the relationship, Pineapple. Like the idea is... If for a counselor or a pastor or a psychologist, a psychiatrist, whatever, that's a one-way relationship, but it's still a valuable one. You're there to unburden yourself to this person. Their job isn't to tell you anything back, right? In the same way that, that if you are someone's advisor or someone's, you know, helper or someone's, uh, you know, boss or whatever, your job isn't to help them. Your job is to teach them how to do their job so they can go do their job. I think in, this, in the same way that you have certain relationships that really are meant to be one way. And that's okay. They're meant to be. The pastor that you you go tell or the counselor you go tell, 
they're not disingenuine because they're not pouring their heart out to you as well. They are, they're simply, their job is to come in alongside you, bear the burden, give some advice, pray with you. And that's what they're supposed to do because they're mature enough to do that. However, it is better on a one-to-one relationship level if you do meet somebody who is reciprocating with sharing themselves. Because what can happen is you can dump onto somebody, you can share with someone, you can share with somebody. And if you never get anything back, there's a good chance that person it just this loves eating drama and they're gonna they're gonna gossip, they're gonna they're gonna go behind your back. They're going they're just assembling stories because it makes them feel good about themselves. It makes them feel like they're a counselor. I can't tell you how many people have come to me and be like, people just love opening up to me. They just they just do it. And I'm like, well, chances are you ask questions, they open up. Do you open up back to them? Or are you just feeling good because you feel like people are talking to you? It would be lovely if you had the, the, the mutual relationship of, of need with that other person. That's hard to find too. I'd say that's hard to find too. But depending, like the answer to the question is depending on the relationship. And to ukulele's point, you know, like God is the ultimate version of God needs nothing from us, but he wants everything from us. Like he needs nothing. We can't help him, but he says, I'm available Tell me everything, open your heart about everything, bring me everything. There's nothing I don't know already. And so therefore that relationship isn't reciprocal, but it is the most important relationship in our life. Xander said, she also said her ex-husband called, who basically has brain cancer, bummer. And you got it from being over in Afghanistan in the military, but didn't believe it. And I think he's wanting to make amends with her and she's... Kind of up in the air about that. Supposedly she has only 10 months to live. That's rough. So I assume that, I mean, I, I'm a believer in reconciliation. I'm a believer that we should keep the door open for reconciliation for anybody. We just should. Um, so therefore, and I, but I don't know the situation. Like, was he abusive? Is he manipulative? Is he is he trying to steal her money? I, I don't know, right? So he just can't give flat out advice. But I will say that, that I think, that as a Christian, our job is to keep the door open for the door should be open for reconciliation at all times. Yo, Chovy. I've been sharing, but not expecting them to solve the problems. That's good. That's what, that's what you should do. That's what you should do. Although, although that being said, you should ask for help. Don't be afraid. If you have a need, like, like it's like, I'm struggling right now. Cool. What are you struggling with? Well, you know, it's a financial thing. Oh, how much do you need is not a bad thing. There are people in this world who are given money, extra money, and God says, I gave that to you to share. <laughs> so it's okay to ask. Just don't expect it. Just be, but be okay with asking. <coughs> Pastor says his actions were horrible. One last question. Wondering if Jesus would call him a horrible person, what are your thoughts? I mean, I would say look at the woes. Look at the seven woes to the, uh, to, the, to, the, to the Pharisees. When Jesus is standing on the steps of the temple and he's calling out the woes to the, to the, uh, to the Pharisees. Look at the, the words of John the Baptist to the Pharisees. They are not, it is not, you guys are, having, you guys are trying your best and you're so, it's just, you're making mistakes. And I told you, you're nice people, but you're just getting it wrong. No, it is you are twice the sons of hell, you're whitewashed tombs, you make other people sons of hell, you are, you know, the, it's it's super intense, and it's not couching language. Some people, 
Jesus looked at right in the eye and he's like, you're horrible. <laughs> you are a hypocrite who makes hypocrites and sends people to hell. And, and he judges them and he warns them and he condemns them. So yeah, I would say yes. Like we should be careful who we do that to, but yeah, like we should be able to call a false teacher horrible because they are. I followed and then I had to bail, but I'm back now. Yo, good to see you. It goes all right. So today I, I woke up sleepy, but I jump on the stream because it's my job and I'm, I've been able to have a good conversation with you guys and I'm appreciating it. I'm feeling, I keep coughing, but I feel a lot better. It's just that I've got this cough because I am talking and, uh, other than that, I, as Ligate pointed out earlier, I could use some exercise. I could use a little bit of time outside. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good. <coughs> Quiz. Hi, so I'm bouncing in and out of stream constantly because of work. Yeah, dude. Appreciate it. I often get, Sispinable says, I often get people coming up to me wanting to share things, deep, genuine things, but I find that share a, a bit back maybe later. Uh, they don't seem to want to know. I'd share a bit back maybe later. I just assume they're not in a place to take that burden. Well, I don't know. I think there's a lot of immature people out there who who believe they're obeying God when they open when they say, sure, I'd love to hear your burden, but they don't recognize the the what they're entering into, right? They they just can't handle it. I think there's a lot of immature Christians out there and a lot of immature people out there who think they are far more mature than they really are. They're like, yeah, I can handle that burden. Then they get told and they realize they can't. Or yeah, I can walk with you. And they realize that they're not mature enough to do that. Or they or they they don't realize it and they're just they just blame other people. Honestly, a mature person who can consistently come to you and be able to ask how you're doing, to walk with you, to to walk through that burden, it's pretty rare. But that being said, if if you really do value that person, there's nothing wrong with opening up your mind and opening up your heart and going, you know what, I'd, I'd like to get to know you better. I'd like you to get to know me better. So would it be okay if I shared a bit more with you? It's hard. It's hard to do because it's not natural. We all want to hide. Uh, for example, when my brother died in May, my very first Sunday, I went to church. A woman who I barely knew came to me and asked if I could pray for her daughter and who was depressed. I was not prepared for that. Didn't uh, didn't weigh anything about my brother and we prayed together for her daughter. Then later she found out about my brother and didn't really want to know. That's okay. That's okay. Like the, I, I think of the same, that's perfectly natural. There, if I'm going through a crisis moment, like for example, my, my brother is, is died in May <laughs> or my, you know, whatever she said, you know, pray for my daughter who's oppressed. That's her whole world right now. And she wants your help. She wants to talk to you about it. Right? That's okay. That's like, don't overthink that. Just take it and be like, yeah, I'd like to walk with you in that. Or, or yeah, thank you for sharing that. I'd love to pray for you. And then it's okay. Because right now she can't handle more and she's not processing more and she's not going to be able to deal with more. Just be there for her. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Not every relationship needs to be reciprocal. And if she's willing to trust you with that, that's good. Presumably, knowing you, you're mature enough to follow up a little bit and ask her how she's doing. Warrior says, uh, who are you talking about? Suffering, uh, we talked about Job last night. Wife actually spoke. I look at all my life and nothing compares to the example of Job. Uh, I don't know who I was talking about. About uh, suffering. But yeah, Job is sort of the quintessential example of suffering. But there have been people who, 
lost their family, lost their stuff, and lost their health all at once. That's true. Um, Indy, what's your favorite book of the Bible? Y'all, what's y'all's favorite book of the Bible? Uh, Habakkuk. My answer is Habakkuk. Habakkuk? Habakkuk. Ruthann, I'm very tech challenged. Hi, Ruthann. Good to see you. Did I have to, did I hydrate yet? Because I need to. Well, I think the reason she's up in the air about it is because all this is happening around her and she wanted to come down here and be, because my dad passed away. Yeah. She won't, another she feels for her and everybody. He did tell her dad that she turned 65. Yeah. I mean, good. Let her be there for you. She didn't, ha I mean, just, that's a, that's not a bad thing. Not everybody has to bear everything all the time, but yeah, she wants to be there for you. And you can't solve her problem anyway. Be there for each other. Don't assume you can solve anybody's problem in that way. Just just talk about it. Share, share with each other. Be miserable together. When it's a rerun, there's a cycling arrow, like a refresh button. Okay, there you go. You're helping her out. Good. Ruthann, thank you for the bits. Thank you for the bits, Ruthann. I appreciate that very much. Sorry, I'm a little bit behind in chat, therefore I'm not getting it. <laughs> but I really appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Oh, that's good. Uh, I really like Romans lately. I haven't got some great revelations about grace, the law, and new covenant. Yeah, I mean, that's where the Protestant Reformation came from, right? Like Martin Luther went and read the book of Romans, and he's like, wait a minute. <coughs> Hold on. Why haven't I heard anything about this justification through grace alone? What's the deal with that? And then we had the Protestant Revolution. Revelation, revolution. Sometimes people just have burdens. They feel like they need some help. Yeah, and that's okay. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep is what God asks us to do, but not a transaction. We aren't supposed to expect from others. We're supposed to ask God to equip us to provide for others. Yeah, sir, we are to be servants of all. Part about being a servant of all is that we are not the master of, and we are not, we don't have an expectation of. We just simply serve without expecting anything back. And part of that servant is to bear those burdens with one another. If other people bear back. You know, if they if we serve each other, great, that's good. But the perspective that Jesus gives us is to say, you're a servant of all, everybody, which means you're the one who's to bear, right? Just expect that. If you get anything back, great. Bye. And Ruthann, you get a very good point. You know, yeah, it starts with us. It starts with us recognizing that our job is not to give advice. Can I tell you another one just kind of off the top of my head? I take, I have a pastoral counseling background. And so one of the things that, <clears throat> that I remember from class and that I've tried to keep in mind for forever is the timeline of someone pausing in their speech is far quicker for them than it is for you. Bye. Later. Ah, bye. Have a good one. Appreciate trying though. <laughs> so, so for example, if you're sitting there talking to somebody and they're like, they're like, they're trying to explain something and all of a sudden they pause. They just kind of stop. For you, it feels like forever. Like they're, they're not talking and there's just like awkward silence and there's a big pause. And this, remember in their mind, even though 10 seconds have gone by for you, it only feels like two seconds have gone by for them because they're racing, trying to Lego put together some assembly of words to be able to convey what's all the complexity inside of them. And so the, the habit that you should build is to shut up and wait. Don't fill the air. Don't ask another question. Just wait. 
right? So like, so you're talking to like, so what's going on today? Oh, it's been a pretty miserable day and, and I haven't been feeling very good and a lot of stuff going on. Oh yeah. How come, how come you're, what happened today? And all of a sudden pause. That's the person going, processing, trying to put it in order, explain it from a different level, et cetera, et cetera. <coughs> and then they'll speak. But if you fit in another question, right? If like you wait for that pause and you're like, or you just start something else, you're not going to get the answer to your first question and it's going to throw them off. So just shut up and wait. I, that has been such an important thing for me to, to remember. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you love gamers and streamers and online content creators, or you have a heart for the lonely, lost, and broken people who are untouchable by traditional ministries, but they spend so much time online looking for hope, help, and connection, and you want to help me keep bringing the love of God to them full time, it would be amazing if you'd support me on Patreon. Your support is what allows me to serve this unique people group on the forefront of global missions. If you want to check out my books and other content, look at my website at artofthechristianninja.com. And of course, I live stream on Twitch Monday to Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'd love to see you there. We do some serious stuff. We do some silly stuff and a little bit of everything in between. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day. And I really do hope to see you on the live stream soon. <laughs>